If we invite someone in, they are in our world. If someone invites us in, we are in their world. Welcome to Things I Preach to Myself About podcast. I am your host, Rich Fangen, and today I thank you for joining me as we question, are we discipled? It has been quite a hodgepodge of events lately. There's been a number of life changes in recent months. Usually when things like this happen, it'll cause us to stop and reflect, reevaluate, and adjust or change accordingly. Every human being that has ever walked on this planet has been subjected to some type of dramatic, life-altering event. No one is immune. In some cases, the situation might be sad and painful. In some cases, it might be a joyous and celebrated moment. But in almost all cases, these things can often change the course of our lives forever. I truly believe this has happened. When we look at the whole of Scripture, we can see story after story of events and situations that change the biblical characters' lives. Like dams being placed in the paths of rivers that alter the complete course of its direction, so too do these events alter the forward direction people thought they were going in. We can easily see how Abram was doing his thing in life until God spoke to him, told him to uproot everything and everyone he knows and go to a new place. We see Moses living life with his in-laws for 40 years, comfortable, until God spoke to him and changed the course of his life forever. We see the entire nation of Israel, living in the only world most of them knew, Egypt, suddenly being led out of that land into a direction and destination they knew nothing about. Essentially, all these people had their everyday lives turned upside down by God's calling. When we get to the New Testament, We can easily see a dozen men or so who were busy tending to everyday life in their professions. Peter, Andrew, James, John, all fishermen by trade, called suddenly away from all they knew to follow a man that they had never met before. Think of Matthew, the tax collector. He was busy at work one day, sitting in his little office, taking care of Roman taxes, when a strange man walks by and says, follow me. His life has now taken a sudden turn and will be transformed forever. In all cases, whether it be my personal changes or the altering lives of the biblical men and women, the cause had their root in Adonai Elohim, the Lord God above. Whether through events around us or within us, Abba Father's Spirit is the mighty effect to change our course in life, whether we want it or not. Biblically, all things, good or bad, happen for a reason and a season. It says in Romans 8.28, And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. But then you ask, well, what about those who don't know or love God? Are they doomed to only bad things? (laughs) Well, obviously the answer is no. God can and does use all things to draw people to himself. Someone may wake up and realize that their physical blessings are from the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and then subsequently turn their lives over to Yeshua Messiah. 
Some might go through a tragedy that forces them to see the God of the Bible face to face and realize they need to turn their lives over to Jesus. And then some might have a superficial understanding or knowledge of Yahweh God, but have never really truly surrendered their lives completely until some major change in their life becomes the catalyst for them to commit their lives to God and change their course forever. And even if you're already a believer, there are many moments that can affect the direction we are walking in faith. Take, for example, Saul of Tarsus. Now here you got a godly, devout man of Yahweh, dedicated to living the Judaic faith to the fullest. He properly observed the Torah, the Old Testament instructions on how to live, and he was very learned in the scriptures. Yet despite his zeal for his religion, God can affect changes in a moment when least expected. Elohim wanted Saul to see the truth that Yeshua Jesus was in fact the awaited Messiah of Israel and the nations. Saul, or also known as Paul in Greek and Roman circles, wasn't expecting to convert and accept Jesus as Lord. But as I mentioned before, God can and does alter lives. The most important thing that many of us need to recognize and realize is that when these life changes occur, we need to hold fast and embrace them. It can be very easy to dismiss a dramatic moment by thinking it was just an emotional response or that we just had a confusing moment of weakness or that it's better to stick with what we know and not venture too far away from our comfort zone. But we can clearly see in the pages of Scripture that God's life-altering events are meant to take us away from our happy place, to send us down roads we've never walked before, And most of all, to go all in. God's calling is almost always very radical and requires us to take a leap of faith into the unknown, something that I've always struggled with. But I've come to understand that this God of the Bible wants nothing less than an all-or-nothing commitment. If you think about the Ten Commandments, most will agree that they are to be adhered to in our daily lives. Love God. Love your neighbors, don't kill or covet, don't lie, and go to church on the Sabbath. Simple. But most who claim themselves followers or Christians or religious actually live their day-to-day lives keeping only some of the commandments of God. But yet nowhere in the scriptures does God give us permission to live life according to 7 out of 10 or maybe 9 out of 10 of the laws. Adonai was quite clear that we are to conduct our lives following all of the commandments and laws. There was never a gray area or exclusions under certain circumstances. Nowhere, even in the New Testament, does God change his rules for life. Thus, well, guilty here. So this brings me to how so many people struggle with being a disciple of Yeshua Jesus, including myself because we seem to be okay with the soft, nice, easily accepted things, but can't seem to give up the past and completely devote ourselves to follow the Messiah every day in every way. The true radical transformation we are called to oftentimes gets slowed or halted because we're 
either afraid to give up what we know, which is like our comfort zones, or we are afraid of what others might think of us, affecting our pride and ego, or because we've settled for the watered-down church life that only focuses on happy, love, joy things, requiring no sacrifices of our life or self. That's called complacent and selective. But yet the disciples of the Bible gave up everything they knew to follow what the Spirit of Yahweh opened their eyes to, Yeshua Jesus as Messiah. Thousands upon thousands turned over the entirety of their livelihoods to the radical change of being a follower of the way. Because of that, they faced the ridicule, scorn, contempt, loss, and rejection by family and friends. They completely turned away from anything and everything that God had instructed as bad or wrong. They walked down new roads, knowing that they would be letting go of their pasts and embracing the gracious gift of God through Messiah of eternal life and glory. They knew from the start that this path was an all-or-nothing decision. Hebrews chapter 11 displays the examples of true faith, of those who gave up all they knew for all that God was giving them. Verses 1 and 2 says, Now faith is the assurance of what we hope for and the certainty of what we do not see. This is why the ancients were commended. Not just the apostles within the pages of the New Testament, but all the countless disciples or followers of Yeshua showed their true faith by walking in the path that was offered them through the Messiah. By definition, essentially, a disciple is one who emulates or copies his or her master in every way. They walk, talk, and live their life exactly as the one who they commit to follow. And as more disciples or converts were brought into the fold, they were pointed to Jesus as the one and only way of how we are to live. Yeshua Jesus was the perfect example of Yahweh God. It says in John, So Jesus replied, Truly, truly, I tell you, the Son can do nothing by himself unless he sees the Father doing it. For whatever the Father does, the Son also does. The Father loves the Son and shows him all he does. And to your amazement, he will show him even greater works than these. For just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the Son gives life to whom he wishes. And so here we are, walking our faith weak, complacent, watered down, selective, and hot-cold daily. Are we true disciples or are we on-again, off-again Christians who changes our spots depending on the environment we're in? Do we live our lives in such a fashion that the unbelieving pagans don't see us as different from them? Do we fluff up our religion on the Sabbath yet live the other days as everyone else? Are we hesitant to speak out for Yeshua Jesus when others blaspheme his name because we fear the retribution or ridicule? I, for one, am guilty. Not just for being wishy-washy day-to-day around others, but also for being selective on what is and what isn't important to follow within the pages of Scripture. You see, so many dismissed the Old Testament because Jesus came. But the problem with that is most missed the part that 
Yeshua and all his disciples didn't have a nice, neat New Testament to use. Their scriptures was the Tanakh, the Old Testament. They followed the laws, studied the patriarchs, and memorized the words. Read Hebrews chapter 11. No, no. Actually, study it. No, better yet, meditate on it. See what true faith is in light of the dramatic changes in one's life. Changes that affected so many to give up all things, including self, to follow the God of the Bible, and now through his son Yeshua Messiah, Jesus Christ. They gave up everything to be true disciples. Have we? Be honest with yourself. What have we given up, if anything? We should not have any excuses if we truly want to be his disciples. Yeshua Jesus tells us that he does not accept a lukewarm faith. In Revelation chapter 3, verses 15 and 16, he says, I know your deeds. You are neither hot nor cold. How I wish you were one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to vomit you out of my mouth. So I beg to question you and myself. Where do we stand now? Where are you standing? Where am I standing? And where do we want to be standing on the coming judgment day before the Messiah? Amen. This has been Things I Preach to Myself About podcast. Again, I'm your host, Rich Fangin, and I thank you for taking the time to join me in this challenging question, where do we stand? May we look deeply into the Word of God and may the Spirit convict our hearts to stand boldly as a disciple of Yeshua Jesus. Amen. <music>